This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. My guest today is John Wilhite, or as some people refer to him as, the sole survivor. As a baseball player at Cal State Fullerton, John was easily the best teammate anybody could have. I can't think of anybody who could carry such a heavy load on his shoulders for the rest of his life as John Will. Suffering and internal decapitation might have been the easiest part to what happened to John. Dealing with the aftermath has become his real challenge. I just, I felt like something was, it had to have been depression, but I felt like, like I could handle that at the beginning, you know? So I was like, I was, if you talk to my brothers and whatever, I'm like, okay, like something's up. I'm reading these books. I'm trying to meditate. I'm like doing whatever I, you know, I'm waking up at 2 a.m. so I get my workout in the morning, like just different stuff. But it came to a point where I was like, you know, I just had to check my ego because a lot of it I was able to like take on physically because I knew how to deal with it. But the the mental or the emotional stuff, I really had no idea. You 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 can't work harder to get through some of that. Sometimes you need to slow it all down and get some directions. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from real estate agents, Oscar winners, and small business owner, John Benton. There's a few things that are on hold. You know, I love education. And oftentimes people that work at the shop, under normal times, they'd be over at Cal State Fullerton or Fullerton Community College or Cerritos. Because I'm like, hey, you need to take this class. Now, I can't do that right now. But as soon as we get through this mess, um, I will continue that process. And I hope to continue sponsoring young men, whether they stay with the company or not, Mm -hmm. uh, to give them the experience that is afforded at in this box, this place called Benton Performance. Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before diving into my conversation with John Willite. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Got Pepe's breakfast burritos <laughs> this morning, feeling nice and fat, so I'm ready to go. How was Father's Day? Uh, it was awesome. Is this your second? Second. Second Father's well, Day. Last Father's Day, Knox was just like sort of a little bit of like a blob sort of laying around. But <laughs> it's now, officially now your he's second. Got, now he's got the personality going all over the place and uh, actually likes watching baseball with me. So it's it's really cool. You enjoying Father? Yeah. So so awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What uh, What's the best part so far? I mean, only, you know. Just sort of having my little buddy, you know. We have our little routines. <laughs> I, I'm really routine oriented with my day, so it's you know we have our afternoon snacks and he, he gets to watch Sesame Street or you know oh, watching MLB Network and <laughs> uh, yeah I mean it's just everything I love everything about it. How's your counting going? Going good Sesame Street? Oh yeah. <laughs> Are they still I, doing I, in I, Spanish I, with the yeah with all, <laughs> all those. All those songs get stuck in my head. You know, I can't get every, every single song is stuck in my head at this moment. Are you doing the bus goes round and round yet? Oh, yeah. yeah. All those knees and toes. <laughs> you bet. That's the best part of it. Yeah. Have you, you guys started reading? Any reading books at oh, night? Oh, every night. What are you reading? What's this? What's, well, what's this your is, favorite the, book? No, what's this that? is the I read the same story to him every night, and it's where do where do diggers sleep at night? And it's about like tractors and trucks and all that stuff. So it sort of fits into my career a little bit in the shipping stuff, but um, 
And then his mom, he's really big into like the little blue truck books. I don't know if you've. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. He has like every one of those. And then. You should change it up just for your sanity. No, I actually <laughs> like it because then that way I got the story down. You know I mean? I don't need to worry about it. You're not even flipping exactly. pages. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I, I told Knox he's already read more books in his short time than I did in my life. So. <laughs> I was a Cliff Notes guy. <laughs> uh, tell, tell me about uh, growing up. You're the middle boy, and you're a South Bay guy. What was that like for you? Um, I mean, fortunate to grow up in Manhattan Beach. Um, my grandma moved there uh, because she couldn't afford Inglewood back in, like, the 50s. She bought her house Go for seven $7,000. <laughs> and so, I mean... I feel like it was more middle class sort of beach town then. Sure. But we did a lot of that. Like, we did like boogie board camp and stuff as a kid where my mom would go to the, bring us to the beach. And it was just sort of a way that she didn't have to worry about us. There was a lifeguard on duty and all that stuff. So uh, <laughs> that was like our, uh, you know, mom our, just our daycare. Yeah. <laughs> was at the beach or like uh, some guy named Jim just ball, kept it volleyball <laughs> camp or different things like that. But at the same point, once I reached, I don't know, 13 or something, it was all about baseball for me. So, I mean, I would go to the beach occasionally and stuff, but... Were you a surfer guy at all or no. just... I like boogie board and body surf, but okay. never really got into the surfing deal, but... It was all about baseball for sure. me. That, yeah. That's almost mandatory, yeah. isn't it? In Manhattan yeah. Beach to at least get up on a board once uh, in a while. I'd say so, but <laughs> we got some. They got some guys coming on Manhattan Beach now. Yeah, they have some teams. Eric Carroll's. He has two kids at UCLA that are. I mean, his son's a freshman. Was starting every day for them, and I think his other son was a junior and pitcher. So. Um, so they're starting to get some guys. It's not like the little <laughs> ragtag that used to come out here that lay down bunts and like, you know, <laughs> dirty. Yeah, fields exactly. And... Hit and run and lay down sacks all the time. But did no. you find baseball early as a kid? Yeah. Like did uh, dad play I, it or where was my the... dad played in college at uh, Dominguez Hills and Cal Poly Pomona. Okay. Um, and, and that I was just, kind of the love I affair just, for you. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Sports Center. Or that's I would, and I don't know. I talked to my dad about this, like recently, but I would actually have coffee with him. I would have <laughs> coffee when I was like three or four years old and watch, because <laughs> that's what he did and watch like Sports Center or the highlights. But um, I actually played organized t-ball when I was three. What? Because my dad had a team, and I guess. Uh, uh, some people was that quit. because your older brother played? Yeah, he was on okay. the team. So I had, I wore jeans. <laughs> they didn't have baseball pants, and I was playing when I was three. You're running around in tough yeah, skins. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, and I was always playing with my older brother's friends. Okay. And so I sort of grew up always playing ahead. You know, um, uh, I mean. Um, Majors or whatever in Little League, I was at like one of the only nine-year-olds to play in that. And I remember my they used to have drafts. I don't know if they still have drafts I, I'm nowadays. I'm sure they do, but I remember but that, like, yeah. And everyone in the league knew that I was going to be playing, and they knew my dad was going to be coaching, and they said, well, you better j draft John second or else we're going to pick him up. The other coaches, because <laughs> my dad was doing it out of ease, sort of. So he just only had to coach one team. Right, yeah. He went to no reason for him to drive all over town coaching two different kids. So then they were going to sneak me in the second round if my dad didn't <laughs> pick me up. <laughs> That's dirty. Yeah. What, any other sports? 
Basketball, um, actually, swimming, like growing up, I played like basketball. Played okay. one year of soccer. wasn't the biggest fan of that. I actually was really good at roller hockey. Like really, really, really good. Yeah. No reason for it to stick. You just no. I mean, I just didn't. I mean, hockey was. I know it was there wasn't like a career in roller, roller right, hockey. Right. And the ice hockey was so expensive. Oh yeah. Expensive with ice time and all that stuff. And so baseball was just sort of a easier uh and i mean that's what i love so and if you love it yeah. you're gonna stay with it yeah yeah so when did you start to feel you were getting really good at baseball did you start to uh, notice it like in your by the time you're 12 13 i mean i was i would say i knew when i was nine and i was playing with the older guys and like majorly like holding my own that i was gonna be good and then it was it took then once everyone got to be my age it was like then i was way better than everyone else you know what i'm saying because i always you i grew up playing wiffle ball and stuff with everyone that was two years older than me so once it helps that pushes the curve uh uh-huh and i i don't know i just was always very competitive at everything i did too which helped because some people aren't that way. It's so funny that you say competitive. Like, is when you when I look at you, you got the smile on your face, and that's like the one thing you don't think of a competitive person uh-huh. to have would be like a smile. Well, so you're like that sneaky ninja that smiles yeah, as he's cutting your heart uh, out. I mean, it's different. It's different <laughs> when you're like when you're on the field of battle and something. I know. I was always. I've always had really good hand-eye coordination, and I okay. think that allowed me to. That carried me on as far as my other tools in college baseball weren't were all subpar, but my hand-eye coordination was what allowed me to, you know, be bring value to the team. Um, but I was always very good at ping pong, and I, I oh. swear I didn't lose. I would beat all my friends and brothers left-handed. Really? Like, I didn't lose until I was, like, 20. And then I lost, and I snapped my favorite paddle on the... <laughs> I, I forget even. Did you ever play George Horton? Oh, I would have smoked him. Is I? That's how he got Clark Hartman. I know. Yeah. I mean, coach might have a chance now with my neck and like you get me moving around the table. I and that's one thing that I've had a tough time is especially because I was so competitive and I'm so good. Like, I don't even want to get back on a ping pong table right yet competitively just because I... Were you lefty ping pong? No. Well, I could do both because I, cause I started... Oh, right, because you flipped. Because yeah. I would play a lot left-handed, so I would, like, bait people into <laughs> my backhand, and then I'd switch and slam on a lefty. <laughs> Dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirty John. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, that was my best sport, probably ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have made an Olympic career out I of know, it. Oh, yeah. I don't know how the U.S. is in ping pong, but you... Probably could have had a shot yeah, at it. Who knows? <laughs> you missed your I, calling. I, I usually had a beer in my hand, though. I don't think <laughs> they, I don't think they allow that in the Olympics. So then, tell me about this Junior Olympics I discovered in my oh, research. Yeah. What what Junior Olympic event did you do? It was uh, a Junior Olympic. They had uh, two. Or no, I think they only had one event at that time. They they made it into two like the year or two after, but it was sixty four teams, and it was in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Okay. And it was just, uh, you know, all the best travel teams in the nation. Okay. And our little South Bay team that my dad coached, um, a lot of t- some teams would view those showcase tournaments as like, you know, sort of um, trying to showcase themselves. But 
we just went out there and played baseball. So I was laying down like drag bunts. <laughs> I remember. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We won. We you were won. just playing total oh. small ball. Oh, I mean, I would lay down a drag if they gave it to me. Well, sure. And I remember like I would always, when I was catching, I would always like backtail the runner at first on a base hit. <laughs> And then Which um, the shortstop would backpick, and I would drop knee on the eye because they would they have to dive head first back, and right. we pick off like all these guys in these <laughs> showcase tournaments. Like yeah. they just didn't expect that kind of happening. They just didn't. Ex- I mean, Junior Olympics was a little more competitive, but um, some of the other ones were just like pure showcase. But, but I mean, like, we, we just played. We just played the game. But like getting a guy on second, right? He or a first, he rounds and you're backdooring him that way. Is that something your dad taught you, or where did you get that sneakiness? Because that's pretty. I mean, I, I that's did, pretty advanced. I just always would always back up first to on okay. every ground ball, right? Even though I was slow and uh, that was tiring all game, but <laughs> um, all that damn gear. Yeah, uh, but so I just, I mean, I was down there, and if I'm sort of going that way. On a base hit, especially when a guy takes an aggressive turn. Right. And, and you're not going to, once you get out there and the guy goes to backpick, you're not going to slide cleat, your cleats in there so it's hand, so th- and I could just block the base. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, I mean, I eliminated people taking real hard turns on our team. Yeah, I'm sure. So. They, they start, oh, there's that Will Height kid. Yeah, don't watch him. Yeah. He's a backpicker. Drop me on your face. <laughs> <laughs> it changed some kids on yeah. complete yeah. tactics right yeah. there. Uh-huh. How was high school for you playing baseball? It was a lot of fun. I saw some uh, of those numbers. They're legit. Yeah, I had, I had some good numbers. Uh, but um, so it was cool. I got to play with my older brother one year. He was a senior. And my brother, my brother was probably the, he, he's the only guy I know that, at our high school to start as a freshman on varsity. Wow. My older brother. So he was really good. So I actually played with him for two years. No. Was it? No, I, his, I played them my scene. So I played on varsity. I started on varsity so, as, a, as soft, a sophomore. Sophomore, okay. Um, and I know I, I, DA, I, like at the beginning of the year, they DH for me too. I was more of like a defensive okay. catcher. And then by the end of that, I started, you know, my strength was, as a sophomore in high school, I wasn't a big guy. I probably weighed like 120 pounds, you know. I was right. Like your typical sophomore in high school. I wasn't like a man child, like a, a Jared Clark or one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, my strength wasn't really there yet. But then come my junior year, I always was a, a good defensive catcher, which actually was a thing in college that my arm – just wasn't well first i think at the beginning then this is my this wasn't the mentally strong way about me <laughs> but uh because i coach Horton, i i threw guys out at the beginning of my time like even just in inner squad and stuff and i was effective even when i went i got was lucky enough to play in the cape for like a couple months after my redshirt sophomore year and I like threw guys out but Coach Horton pulled me aside he's like it's not the fact that you don't throw guys out but more guys are gonna run one run on you because your arm's not intimidating right and so then that sort of you know got in my head and then I I I didn't get a case of like the yips but it just wasn't 
I sort of defeated myself. Mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from that side of catching. Now, why catching? Why did you, did you pick that spot or the spot pick you because of? I just, I mean, I think I just love being a part of like every part of the game. And I always, I always like knew the game really well. So as far as calling every pitch and all that stuff, I called my own pitches through high school. It wasn't like a coach that I had a coach. One of them, he's actually a good friend of mine. Um, he played at UCLA um, with like uh, Eric Burns and Troy Gloss and all those guys. But he would just sit on a bucket and he would give me fake signs. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> so the other team would like try and be picking his signs, but they're not. And he would only do it occasionally, but like he would just flag a fake sign. <laughs> <laughs> because catching is the most grueling spot like it's so abusive on your body yeah you know and, and yet you've got to you got to be psychologically there to take care of pitchers and you know this pitchers are all different some want you to slap them on the ass some want to be yelled at some don't want all you know you're, you're wearing all that gear and they want you to play offense yep for the love of god you didn't want to play anything else huh <laughs> i mean what did your brothers play were they uh, all catchers? Well, Mike uh, was third base. Okay. My dad caught. Okay. So that's like where the oh. catcher. And I like, I was I was that guy when I was younger. I was like, you know, on the scoutball teams, and I was lucky enough to be on the scoutball team as like a freshman. So I would catch bullpens for like five hours, and then you had to oh. play in the last inning of the game. Oh my like, god! Like you know, I just lo I just love being around the field. The hell with your neck? How are your knees? Oh my! It's, it's not even my <laughs> knees. My hips are toast. Your hips are. My hips are toast from catching for sure. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, your neck's the least of your problems. Oh yeah, that's straight. <laughs> that's straight and strong. I mean, God. <laughs> so how was recruiting then? So your brother moves on. You're sitting there playing. How was recruiting for you? Those um, that junior senior year. Yeah, uh, I mean it was. The junior year, I didn't get, like, a whole lot of love, and it's like I wasn't the toolsiest player. I was um, more of, like, you know, granted, I would give you a good – I mean, I had my average and stuff was there, but I didn't hit bombs. Yeah, but you, had, and, you hit over 400. Yeah, and then actually um, I got lightly recruited by um, Santa Barbara and LMU, and I got, like, minimal scholarship offers there. Santa and it was Barbara's actually, beautiful, John. I know. That's one of the places I went on a recruiting trip in Isla Vista. <laughs> and so. And you came back? I'm yeah, shocked. Well, and so I'm sleeping on this guy's futon, and he hands me a hatchet. It's one of the guys on the team who says, if anyone comes in, hit him with this. And I was like, where am I? And so then we go to a party. And I'm a high school and uh, senior in high school. Have a few beverages out in Isla Vista. There's no cell phone service. I get like, I get sort of lost trying to find the guy who was I was staying at his yeah, house. Yeah, you So, but um, and then actually when when Fullerton got on uh, when I got on Fullerton's radar, I think it was uh, North South all-star okay. game or something. They had something at Fullerton and oh, actually, yeah. actually right. they had this tryout and I like, I like tore it up the first day. And then, um, the, and uh, they, they were like calling names for the next day. Who saw you, Rick or was um, it? No, Serrano. Dave. Okay. I remember I just did like a lot of good things out of Fullerton 
guy with lot like right. you know just like backpicking guys just sort of like hustle being yeah, there and like getting bitten knocks over the shortstop's head as a left hand you know right. just different things that looking back on it I'm like that's probably what they saw yeah uh-huh and so actually the guy calling out the names he didn't call my name and it was after the first day where I like I thought I did really well and I'm like okay uh, that's that's crappy so I think I had some buddies over some of my high school buddies and we were playing ping pong and had a few sodas even as a senior in high school we would right. do that occasionally um and then the the guy calls me in the next morning and is like, where are you at? And I'm like, you didn't call my name. He's like, oh, I meant to call your name. Like, you're invited back for this next day. So, like, we rush out there, and I only get, like, one at bat, and so I didn't end up making the, the South All-Star team or whatever against oh, the— Oh, my yeah. goodness. They screw up, and you miss half yeah, the game. Yeah, so— but that's where I got on Fullerton's radar. And then it was, I don't even think I took a recruiting trip. I was just sort of like weighing the options. I, I believe that was like, they invited me out to a game. It was like towards the end of the season. That okay. team was really good. The 03 that team. That 03 team was <laughs> locked and loaded. That was, Dustin Miller was dealing on that team too, right? Yeah. And, um, uh, Derek West Merrill, Li- West Littleton, Littleton Chief. <sighs> yeah. Then yeah. you had like. They had this this young kid named uh, uh, Jason Windsor. Yeah. <laughs> Legend. Yeah. This uh, Juco transfer and then, kid. And then I'm, that's when Red was like. He was a freshman. He, yeah. He was a little goofy. Yeah, I know. Redhead. Yeah. And I remember, I think he just like, oh, that, our second baseman's a freshman, just got invited to Team USA. Mm-hmm. Like that little like. Yeah. Redheaded guy. Yeah. That 160 yeah. pound redhead. Yeah. He had an st- unbelievable performance in the World Series that year. Yeah. That's when he got hit in the face, wasn't yeah. it? Took one of his old, ankle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was really, I got to see a couple games there and see the atmosphere at Fullerton. And it was sort of a no brainer when they offered the recruited walk on spot, you know, a roster spot and that right. program like that. Um, you were all in. Yeah. What what did you study at Fullerton, or what did you have an, the idea of studying at Fullerton? Because um, you know when you're 18 and when you're 21, there's a totally different like. Yeah, I mean, I I just did communications. I just okay. did something standard, you know, something that a lot of the guys did. So sure, I had classes with my teammates, and they sort of knew some teachers. You you weren't sure. If, how they would react to being gone for baseball games and right. stuff. So we we I we sort of wanted to take classes that where uh, we knew teachers would like work with us if we were gone as mm-hmm. far as making up homework or whatever tests. Right. So the crazy schedules. Yeah, yeah. So I just sort of stick that route. I didn't know if you had like a love for chemistry or no, or no. drama no, was, or art was, or it business. Just, it was just baseball. <laughs> right. <laughs> just the stick yeah. and the ball. Uh-huh. All right. Well. So you were, you redshirt your freshman year. Yep. That was one hell of an 04 year. Yeah. A very odd year. What mm-hmm. was that like for you coming on and, and coming on to that team? Um, it was awesome. And now you're you're a wee bit lad of 18. So what are you thinking? Um, I mean, first of all, you walk on campus, and I was watching all these guys play against Stanford and stuff in the World Series before. So there's a little bit of like a a shock and awe sort of thing, but. 
but it was cool because at the they have like athletes intro yeah something or other mm-hmm. like banquet little, get yeah, together uh-huh. yeah and there was ping pong which i was like <laughs> <laughs> really really good at so uh so we start playing ping pong and i don't really leave the table because I keep whooping everyone's butt. <laughs> and so I got to meet a lot of guys and stuff like that. And I've sort of earned a little bit of respect right there. Just Street from, cred with yeah, the big Yeah, exactly. Pong. But it was just a great group of guys. Um, Did you hustle most of the people through those five years with playing ping pong? I mean, it, it hustles when you like <laughs> act like you're not good. I talked a lot of crap. and uh, um, But I definitely earned some respect on the ping pong uh, table. But... As far as like that 04 year, it was awesome. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better group of leaders as far as that make, made me feel valued as a red shirt. You know, like the the stuff that we bring to practice every day, the drills, the whatever we were all pulling at that common goal. I don't know if you remember when we won the title, we had the title or the chance to go to the White House, but they were only going to bring the 25 guys or whatever. Right, right. And PJ and all the veterans said, no, like, we're not going unless we bring the whole roster. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone on this, everyone on this, everyone on our whatever. Uh, the, the full yeah, roster. everyone on the full roster. Right, I mean, there's the, a travel roster, I the mean, full there, roster. I would say there were some guys on that full <laughs> roster that didn't bring value, but there were a lot of guys that did bring value. Right. And there were guys that maybe got hurt or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're like... And it's tough for being a red shirt that year or any year, right? Because you're kind of on the team. You're kind of not. You don't get to travel. Yeah. I mean, I don't... It didn't feel like the, the way our group was and how we did everything together, there wasn't like a discernment between, at least off the field and stuff. Okay. I mean, it, it was not fun when like, oh, your team's... You know, your team's yeah, there. The first and like, couple yeah, months. I'm just hanging out. I have the weekend off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with the baseball team, yeah, really. exactly. Are you sure? <laughs> but it was... How really, did you handle redshirting when they told you you're going to redshirt? I mean... Coming from starting in high did, school. Did I, like, if, if I was... If I thought I was going to play with PJ and Zook behind the dish, like, swapping time as coming in, I mean, that would have been a little... Uh, a little much, you know, as a freshman when I'm watching those guys. Did you ever think another position maybe? I didn't really play and play another position. I did a little bit towards the end of my career first base and right. I was pretty much pretty bad at first. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so I didn't I mean the I had realistic ex- expectations for myself and I I just wanted to find a way to help the team whatever I the best I could and that year it just so happened to be catch a lot of bullpens, you know? Right, right. And you know, try and push Zook and all them in in different drills when we can. How was it watching the team go to Omaha? Uh I was actually in a humble oh. <laughs> playing summer ball. That's an awesome place to play summer ball, I by bet. the way. We had like three thousand, three, three or four thousand fans. They had like a, our own band, like a high school football band called the Crab Grass Band. It was really, it was. Uh, if you you got to get up to, I got to get yeah. up there, humble. It's, it's humble state and, up there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, they put us up in these little apartments. So that was sort of weird. I remember I was. <laughs> I was mid game. I was catching. It's like congratulations to John Wilhite. His team just won the College World Series, and I'm in humble. I'm catching a game right then. So I was like, 
That's cool, but <laughs> I didn't didn't even get to watch much of it. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. You're in a game mm-hmm. and they're congratulating for your other team winning. Yep. In June. Uh-huh. That is unbelievable. Yep. What was that like? I mean, that kind of kind of been a little bit surreal. You're oh, trying I, to like focus on the game we, and you're I mean, we were even in summer ball, everyone keep keeps an eye on stuff and whenever I sure. wasn't playing, I was watching. You know, I, I think I remember Felipe just like going off. He had he raked. Yeah. Um, he loved Win, Windsor. Oh, Windsor's numbers. Oh my god, are ridiculous in the playoffs. Well, uh, if we ridiculous. scored a run, we were going to win that game the whole year. Right. I mean, and when you have uh, Windsor and Ricky. Right. And then Sarver just comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, <laughs> and that's a storybook kind of like I uh, could take care of this coach. Yeah. Yeah, pounds it and gets them in. Um, so I mean, I, of course I'm really happy because I I felt just because how our team was, I felt like very a part of that team, even though I was up in humble. It was just a weird moment when I find out I'm winning mid game when I'm trying to like get you know call pitches to check another <laughs> guy out on that other team. But so you come back in 04 or mm-hmm. 05, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna com- you're gonna compete guys mm-hmm. have left both pj and kurt have, have yep. left what's your mindset what are you thinking um you know just again try and find a way to help the team win ball games uh who's catching that year who's was, your competition it was me and john curtis oh john curtis oh yeah. big deal just a so, skinny I, <laughs> I feel i feel like i was giving him a pretty good run for his money that year for the starting job um and then do you remember when I was delayed stealing second a week before the season. Yes. And uh, Vance Otaki, like, stayed the ball a little bit to the right. Blake Davis was running across to jump and get it. Need me in the ribs and broke my ribs and blew, bruised my spleen. Yeah. So I was out, like, uh, the spleen kept me out longer than the rib, but I think the first two months. And, right. And then, I mean, John was a way better catcher than me as far as like arm strength and stuff. But, uh, you know, that's sort of how that year started, but I, I was still able to find a way to get some important bats and catch here and there. Well, let's not be modest that, uh, playoff run against Arizona and Missouri were big. Yeah. You know, you had a double for a uh, score, a couple of runs. You ran on a sack squeeze against Mizzou. Yeah, well, because they, they pinch hit for John, and then I would always come in, like, I, if I came in, I would come in late in the game. Uh-huh. And it just so at my spot came up against Mark Lance <laughs> in there at the bases loaded. That's all. Um, That's smooth and, swing and left I was lucky enough to square one up and <laughs> hit it to the gap that the, the crappy part about that game is that I don't know how we didn't come back and win that ball game because we're down we're, we're down three I hit the double so it's second and third nobody out right I who do they walk they walk Blake to get to red surge and pill bases loaded no one out and we didn't score all right go figure <laughs> but my my favorite at bat was the uh, the Missouri uh, the two the two strike squeeze the two strike squeeze the following when, day when that happens when that when you see those signals what are you thinking I got two strikes what the hell am I well 
That was another situation where I came in later in the game as a defensive replacement. They pitch it for Curtis. Um, and to tell you the truth, when I came in to hit a lot of the times previously to just like pinch it or whatever, it was against righties. That's usually all I faced in right. practice, you know, sort of like, okay, he's going to be the right-handed battle or left-handed battle off the bench for its righties. This guy was a little thumber lefty. I haven't faced many lefties. If you can't, I mean, if you don't face them a lot, you're not going to be able to hit them. Right. Just ran. So I, I get to like two and two. And there was one out. It was bases loaded, one out. Um, and I'm anyone who knows me and watched me, I'm not the most fleet of foot guy. So I'm like the biggest double play threat you can. Because I, I don't pop up a lot either. So I'm like, oh, God. I just don't hit into a double play. And then <laughs> That's all. I saw the squeeze sign, and it was like a sign of relief for me because I could, all, I could always bunt. You know, I had good hand-eye coordination. I was like, hell yeah. And... He Were just, you a little surprised by that? No. But, and this was, we have like a squeeze sign and then there was a subtle squeeze sign. Right. So, I mean, if I was surprised, I would have missed it. Well, I saw it because I, I could know the sign and I was like, oh God. Like, it scared me because oh, now I'm I was. Gonna... But that's, see, we, the, we always sped stuff up and did stuff in practice. So, so like in the game, and I bunted, I always could bunt. That's one thing that I always yes. could do. So that was something, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to like get it done. Was that because of the hand-eye coordination? You yeah. were just really uh -huh. good at holding that and bat I, and I always, I mean, you know, I was laying. You were laying I was, down. I was laying down bunts and showcases and stuff. <laughs> That's the type of guy I was, you know? <laughs> just carries on, doesn't matter. Just wanted to showcase my slow feet of foot in, in the showcase tournament. <laughs> Anybody can be fast. Yeah, <laughs> Let I me guess. show you how slow I am. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm still getting knocks, though. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm still at first. Yeah. That was a tough loss against Arizona State that year. Yeah. Uh, right, no five. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. That was a tough that one. That was. We get to the regional and then we have to deal with them. And we went on Friday in that crazy oh, game. Yeah, the Bach. Yeah. I think that sort of screwed us. But the, it's what's crazy is my that was my buddy who hit the, the go ahead of Homer. Was it really? Yes, you, my best friend. He's in my wedding. I was in his wedding. Like, and so I'm in the bullpen. Uh, Watching that because when he hit the home run, um, and it was a weird emotion for me because it's like I'm super pissed, but if I'm like, well, if I could pick anyone to have done it, like anyone that I'm proud of, it's him. So it was like I'm, I was really pissed, and so I come in later as a defensive replacement in uh, for Curtis again, and um, he would always like. We never really talked to each other because we were rivals in high school, too. Um, <laughs> and he always say, what's up? And I would always just say, what's up? And he says, what's up to me that time? And I say, I say, F you, Joe. Let's <laughs> <laughs> always say to each other. But, yeah, that was a that was a tough one. I still remember, forget who it was, in the dugout, like, oh, we're going to Omaha or something, right? That inning, and I was like, shut <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> yes, shut up. We're not going anywhere. Mm. Three outs, there's a lot of games oh, to be played. Man. So, yeah, that was a that was a a tough loss for sure. I think that was a, a really good team of ours too.
Yeah. I think that was one of, I mean, we, I played on a lot of good teams, but that one was up there yeah. um, with the 04 team even. Right. I mean, Ricky was, was in total command of that club that year. And we, we had Romer was, was a freshman, um, which was always kind of very, very a Fullerton thing. There was older pitchers that were really good, freshmen that were coming up that were very good. And so there was always like teaching and learning and understanding yep. and keeping the young guys under control. Yep. Well, they, when you're running that five years, there were a lot of good pitchers and a lot of good players that can help. And we just have like just guys that would step up too that fill that third spot or to just like pitch mm-hmm. super clutch games for us. I mean, Mike Martinez in 04, you know, stepping in as that, that Sunday guy. Right. He had a good season. Scotty Sarver, or talking about just mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere and shoving through the stretch run and into the World Series. Um, I mean, even... You played with Dustin Miller, too, didn't you? What'd you didn't yeah. you play with Dustin Miller, right? Yeah, yeah I knew D-Mail. D-Mail played on, like, a scout ball, some tournament team with my older brother one year. So I got to see... That's when he was a senior in high school. He he had some legit stuff, too, as a freshman. Yes. I mean, it says a lot to say, I mean, how he came back as a senior and dealt at, like, 84 still. Right. Because yeah. he could just pitch. But oh. I think he was, like, 92 or 93 and as a senior in high school. Yeah, yeah. His his freshman year, he was lights out, unbelievable, and to go through what he did and came back his his senior year and be as effective as he was was yeah. We actually grit. were talking about dust today because my my parents would bring bring him Pepe's breakfast fritos every time <laughs> every game. You guys are keeping Pepe's alive uh, no, over there, I, yeah. So um, you were fortunate. You made two trips to the College World Series mm-hmm. during your time. What was that like? That first one in '06. Um. I mean, it was awesome. You're just like a celebrity in that town. And, I mean, the town really loved the Fullerton teams, too. Did, you know, and that was, I think it was the Super Regional. Did we beat Missouri? or was Yeah, that, we played Missouri quite a bit. Right. Did you ever pitch it or get uh, a bat against um, Scherzer? Scherzer? No. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, we played Missouri a few times in the regionals and yeah. supers. It was so weird how we just saw them a lot. And then Tulane. There was, for a point, we saw Tulane a lot. Um, so, yeah, but, but o- Omaha was just awesome. I mean, the town loved us. We, oh, yeah. we actually, the cool thing about uh, the World Series is you play and you have a day off. So, mm-hmm. like, I know we would enjoy the festivities of Omaha and stuff, of course, before our curfew and stuff. Of course. But, uh the town loved us. I mean, even... <laughs> and you're not in schools. You don't no, have school uh, work. And, uh, I mean, I think this is a good thing, but some may not. But they're like, we went out, they're like, you go to Fullerton, huh? And we're like, how do you know that? It's like, you're the only team that goes out while you're here. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, yeah we had the re, uh, uh, casino across the river. Oh, I, I won 5,000 bucks. What? And, uh, yeah, I, I hit the, as, as soon as I turned 21, I forget. So, I don't know. So, that would have been in 07? 07. It could have been 07. 07. Um, yeah, that would have made sense because you, yeah, 07. Yeah. So, I'm just playing. I, have, I haven't even gambled. This is the first time I gambled. And I, it's Wheel of Fortune, and I just hit the spin. You know, like you hit the right. button and 
and just stopped and started playing music. Did you put a dollar in or a quarter? No, it was probably like five bucks or something. And I was like, I'm like, and I was waiting for to be able to spin it. I'm like, I think it's broken or something. He's like, you won 5,000 bucks, and I like high-stepped it all around the casino. Oh, my God. And I know when we lost that year, I had spent like half of it on my teammates at the, <laughs> at the lobby bar, you know. I did not hear about the uh, uh-huh. the five thousand dollar winner on the yeah. uh, team bus. I didn't bus. claim I taxes that on that one. I don't think I. <laughs> you had a choice to to, to claim yeah, that. Yeah, I was wait. like, oh wait, oh wait, it's no. Iowa. Yeah, it's probably expired mm-hmm. now. I don't think the FBI will come looking for you. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Did you get an at bat? Any any of those times at the World Series? Oh seven. Okay. Oh seven. I got two. Against Irvine. No, Oregon State. Oregon I came State. in late and got a knock. For John we're, again? No, this was for Dustin. Oh, right. Um, Drago, yeah. It was, well, no, it was either Dustin or Chris Davis. I think it might have been Chris, but I'm not sure. Because I know I have the picture, what my picture on it, but the name, it still showed the batting lineup in Omaha and it right. said Davis. So I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think, I think Garneau might have pinch hit for Chris, and then they brought in Eddie Coons, their big closer, right, right handed closer, and then before then they one, then they called me in. Here comes John. Yeah, and that's that was a, a fun at bat too, and I know it was a packed house against oh. Oregon State. I think it was yes. the largest crowd in in College World Series history to that point. And I, I just remember getting two strikes and everyone's on their feet. And I, I just, I really, I stepped out and called time and looked around and like. Taking it, it pretty, a little bit. It was pretty awesome. But then that was another one where I got like a big knock, but we ended up losing, you know? Yeah. Because Faye had Cause to they pinch run. in 06, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was their back-to-back year. 06, No. Or they won, they won in 07, yeah. Okay. Um, Evan MacArthur popped up to the left, um, but that left fielder dropped it, but he was playing on a broken ankle, so he couldn't. Do you remember when they limped at first? Yeah. So then we were desperate enough that they pinch ring and Matt Fahey, my good buddy. Who's, <laughs> I love Matt. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the He's best. a speedster. Uh, I will. No, exactly. Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, he's the he's top the of your first, list. He's yeah, the first guy. guy. Sure. First guy to go to when you want to pinch yeah. run. He's so. the guy always stretching, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Look at those hamstrings. They're so, built for speed. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so they pinch ring him. Hey. I know. What? The? I know, right? So, uh, and then actually the, so we lose that one three to two or whatever. Of course. Um, the following day we play, no, the, well, the next game we play Irvine mm-hmm. and we have that like 16 inning game. Still going. The, is, is that the longest game in history yeah. still? Yeah. Um, I, I believe so. Yeah. So, and I remember coming up that point and it was like, I don't, I That's think. That's George's oh, last game as a Titan. Yeah. And so it was like the 11th or something. Uh, I don't know. One of those innings deep in the ball game, And I got a knock the night before. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to win this game. <laughs> Three pitch K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy, the first call was generous strike on that side corner. And then I saw two changeups and back to the bullpen. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. So the first time you came on my radar... And refresh my memory because I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it. Was at Northridge, and you 
So I was did Evan hurt his wrist at Northridge? Like no. so, who was that? Was that Vasquez, right? Vasquez. Vasquez breaks uh, his wrist on a throw down the line, yeah, and they uh, put you yeah. in. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the catcher. Yeah, what the hell's he doing playing first? Well, and I got all these photos of oh, you yeah, we batting a, at Northridge. Yeah, we have a, I have a funny little backstory to that because I would get like, you know, I was one dugout captain always, and you know, trying to fire up the dugout. So I think I slammed like three Red Bulls because that was right at the beginning of the game, and so then. That happens like Joel, weird, weird play. I know. Yeah. He's, right? First, someone's uh-huh, going down right the line. The line you know, he reaches out. Tries to tag him. Like, same time. I don't even think he, he just reached out. I don't even think he had the ball. Snapped at the wrist. Yeah. Um, so it's like, John, get ready. And, you know, I go to, to like play a little catch in front of the dugout. I'm all hopped up on Red Bull. <laughs> I fire the first ball like way over the guy's head. Like, okay, you're in the game. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did you even have a first baseman's glove? Um, I mean, I had to have, but I, I don't know how much I used it. Yeah. I don't know how much I used it. It's still got the tag yeah. on it. It was brand new. Yeah. yeah, that's the first time I saw you on the radar. And as I have a cheat sheet of like guys I have to get, and I was like, oh. Too bad for him, but I need this John Wilhite yeah, kid. Yeah, I remember the first two years I was looking for photos in Matt Brown's uh, <laughs> little directory, and I didn't see any. <laughs> yeah, that was that. What year was that? Was that a lot of practice pictures? Then I guess. No, was that was that oh five or oh six at, at Northridge? He gets hurt. Uh, tell you the truth, I don't you know. don't remember. I just remember that's when it happened, and I was just like, oh, yeah. I have a horrible photo of the wrist being broken, and then yeah. I've got this hyped-up Red Bull kid at first base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When when your career at Fullerton ends, what's your plan? Do you have one? Um. Well, I know I sort of knew that I was in the line with baseball, even though Chris Davis's dad was going to sign me as a um, – free agent or whatever senior signed free agent which right. is but I sort of knew like you know even in my I knew that's like probably where my talents they took me as far as that but um I in my mind I had made up that that was the end of the line for me so I got to enjoy it you know I got to enjoy all those moments towards the end of my career cuz I knew it was the last time it wasn't like I just got cut. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't want baseball to end for me as in rookie ball getting cut or something. You know, right? I wanted to like enjoy that time with my teammates that much more. When you know something's coming to an end, you get to enjoy it more, and that's how I. That's the approach I took, and I was going to get into coaching. Did it ever bother you that your career, you know, your your call your college career wasn't greater? Like you didn't start 50 games or you didn't? No, not at all. Because there's um, a lot of guys, as you know, we talked about it, like they come to Fullerton with expectations. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I didn't come with that high expectations, at least outwardly or like within the, I had high expectations myself. But um, I mean, all the stuff I accomplished in my career and it's not all measured on like stat sheets or whatever, you know? It's me- measured by the friends that I still have to this day, what we accomplished as a team. It, no one knows what you really hit in college. Right. I mean, unless they want to look it up or whatever. But 
Um, you know, you we, we got to win the national championship. and You hit over 300 your senior year. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, I got to go. We I never not played in a super. You know, it's, it was sort of like we didn't get a banquet if we didn't make it the World Series mm-hmm. the following year. You just had it at the intro dinner for dinner with the Titans or whatever. Right, right. So, um, and I know guys that transferred out and that were lesser players and would go put up good numbers elsewhere, but... Did they win? You know, that's sort of what it came down to. Did it ever did it ever cross your mind at some point? Like, I'll go to Cal Poly Pomona. No, I mean, I really didn't. I mean, I saw other guys do it, but like, I was I was so invested here, and I loved everything about it. Even, and I accepted my role, and I did uh-huh. it really, really well. I was shocked how everybody loved you. Like, you were the teammate guy. Yeah. And like, I've always joked with you, like. My the most photos I have of you coming out of the dugout, high five and slapping guys yeah. on the ass, like congratulating well, everybody. I mean, I feel like my player comp would be like a, a David Ross or something like that. <laughs> okay. I mean, less less time than I'm saying at the end of his career with sure. like the the Cubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it says a lot about our program that I was a team captain in the last two years. You know, right? Some programs, it's like. It's only given to the starters and are like the guys, right? The Friday night guys, and it's only earned. Um, You know, there were some guys on our team that were the guys, but they weren't necessarily respected or like um, or vocal. Yeah, or I mean, or just not even. um, Just because you were a guy on the field didn't mean that you totally earned everyone's respect. You had to go about stuff the right way. There was. Some very good guys on our team, and only a few because we had a very cohesive unit. But there were some guys that weren't necessarily considered like a captain that easily should have been on paper, you know? Right, right, absolutely. So, when it ends for you, what are you thinking like with your degree, or with, when are you studying? Like, I think, okay, I'm looking at. I mean, I. I knew I was in it. Like, my whole plan was I'm going to get into coaching. Okay. I mean, I was one of those players. Starting at, like, high school, kind uh, of? You never uh, I was actually just, I hopped on um, with Rickabaws. Oh, that's right. Like, a little travel team. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to get right into college as a volunteer, you know, Um, like somewhere. That that was my plan. Um, But uh, what was I going to say? Well, my question was then where, because it's the things that change for you is where do you meet Harry and then Nick and Courtney? Where do you guys uh, oh, know each other Henry, from? Henry, oh, Henry. Yeah, Henry was my high school. I went to elementary school with Henry in Manhattan Beach. Okay. So I knew, and I played college, or I played high school baseball with him. Okay. He was a grade older than me. Okay. And so then he moves to, uh, Fullerton after his time at ASU because he went to the law school right here. Okay, right. And so he just sort of hopped on, and because I was, a, you know, a captain and sort of, like, I sort of, he was on honorary teammate sort of. Everyone, <laughs> you know, I was like, this guy's cool. Like, right. So everyone, it's not like I was a youngster bringing some guy around that right. wasn't Because we didn't let Your street whole, cred carried yeah, over to exactly. him. exactly. So it wasn't like... It was instant. He was an instant teammate for that 08 season. Okay. I believe it was just that season. So we went to some ball games with when Nick was up 
I think the previous year. Okay. Or no, that 08 season, and then again in 09. And then Courtney was in a few classes with uh, with me. Okay. At Fullerton. I couldn't tell you which classes now. Cause it, <laughs> Just know. classes. Yeah, exactly. She was in a couple classes. So there was a relationship. Yep. Okay. So then, so you're staying in Fullerton. You haven't left to go do travel ball in Montana or whatever. You're still local, trying to get a coaching career going. No, well, actually, I ended up... Um, I moved to Manhattan, back to Manhattan Beach. Right, but you're not out of no, the state. No. So you're still... No, and I, I mean, my goal, I was one of those players that, you never were here, but like t- telling you how great a coach you're going to be one day. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, I just feel like ba- the game of baseball came really easy to me as far as like calling pitches and dealing with pitchers and the different mentalities you get out there and dealing with people and knowing the game. Um, so did, I, did baseball strategy wise come easy to you yeah, too? Everything. I mean, I feel like I was the guy that a lot of people will go to for certain things, you know, right. Asking about something or on a pitcher tipping pitches or whatever, you know, I was, I was always that guy. Always that guy. So then, what's your career? What's what's it evolving to at that point? Um, well, I was just sort of biding the summer, or biding some time, playing with uh, or coaching with Rick Baugh's youth team, waiting for that following season to hop on. I was just sort of enjoying some time, um, you know, having no schedule. I had to be in Pasadena at like three. <laughs> You know, so I would just fight the life. Yeah, just sort of. I mean, I I got paid like I worked. You know, but I, I was eating a lot of ninety nine cent store dinners and stuff. But uh, um, I was able to like just get by and enjoy that little. Or that was a plan to just get by and enjoy that time before I grinded out as a volunteer wherever this world was going to take me. So right, because that volunteer. Oh, coaching man. life is a grind. Grind. You're there before everyone, you're, and then you're there after everyone, and then you have camps, and then you have lessons. and Right. You unlock the place. You lock the place. You got to babysit people. Some are not your kids. Some are your kids. Yep. Yeah, that is. A v- then it's field maintenance and all that stuff, too, at Fuller Vent. Right. Because we don't have... Yeah, you don't have thousands of dollars no, to throw at the no. ground screw to come in on them uh-huh. Monday through Friday. And so, take- I mean, that's ideally where I was planning on hopping on, but for, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of options just because the assistants that we had at Fullerton during my time all went on to, like, other head coaching gigs or other schools. So I had a decent amount of options to sort of s- sort through, and I was talking to all those people um, about doing something, but it just wasn't anything concrete. Right, right. So, April 8th, mm-hmm. Nick's got a baseball game. It's the third game of the season, the young season. He has a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Six innings, I had yeah. down here. Six innings, gives up seven hits, five strikeouts, three walks. They win the game. You guys have plans that night? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember whole, like... Uh, a whole lot of any of like before the game or that, but I mean we were on our way to Encahoots. Were you guys at the game at all? You, yeah. Okay. So I you mean, went to the ballpark. It's all like hearsay. What kind of Dodger fan is going to an Angels I game? Know, I know. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm I, holding that I, one against I, I, you. I was that guy that would wear my Dodger hat to the Angel games. Battle boy. Yeah, exactly. So because uh, <laughs> they were playing Oakland for God's sake. I know. So. Well, and well, they were playing Zook. Zook was up. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's right. So I mean, at least that to, I and I hear different you hear different stuff that night. But I think we went down to Boris's boxer boxer. We did some because Nick was rep by Boris. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he threw an awesome game, right? Um, and I he, I think he got the W. Or he got the yeah. W. Yeah, yeah, for that third game of the year, yeah. it was fresh, fresh. They win it. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I just could imagine, because Henry was like a super high energy, like, just pumped up guy in life in general. <laughs> so, um, for his to watch his buddy get his first MO Major League W, I'm sure. And Courtney was like the same, you know, it was just a bunch of like very positive people. So I'm sure we were all super stoked. Well, the real question is, how did Suzuki do? I don't, well, <laughs> tell you the truth, I don't remember that either. <laughs> Um, I'll have to look up those I stats. Heard, and I don't, I don't know if this is true, but I think Kurt was the first guy Nick faced in the MLB in the last. I'll have to look that up. I don't know. And Zook was the one that, you know, because Nick had Tommy John, right? Yeah, out of high school. Right, out of high school. So okay. And I know they played on Team USA together. The. That's right. Um. Yeah, but Zook was very instrumental in as far as my recovery and all that stuff, too, which I'm sure we'll get to at some sure, point. Sure, sure. So you guys are leaving Angel Stadium, and as you know, like I'm sure the memory's still fuzzy almost 12 uh, years later. There's no, I mean, yeah. there's that I, blank cassette tape. Well, I, I don't even, the thing I remember vaguely, and I, and I just, and you hear these, I hear these stories, so, like, I don't know how much I remember of him or if I just, but we went cause Henry was up and coming sports agent mm-hmm. and we went to go watch El Camino college play against Santa Ana or something. Okay. Cause he had a guy that he was sort of repping on El Camino. And I vaguely remember being there, but then after that, I don't really remember a whole lot. Is it weird that like either your parents, your brothers, um, or friends piece that night together for you? Because it's erased literally from your memory. Yeah, but I mean, it's been a lot of years, and I've heard like a lot of stories, so right. I almost I can almost like imagine it. I think, but right, like yeah. there's enough visual stimulation told to you that you can kind and, of put, and I could like I could sort of tell it because I've been told it. You know, if you like, right? It's your story. It's my story, but I don't know it. But I've heard what I did, so. Right. Well, it comes back to reading yeah. with your, your your son. You're just not even looking yeah, at the book anymore. Exactly. How how does that how is that? Is that kind of odd that that piece is like told to you? Um, tell you the truth, I haven't even really thought about it. I mean, and <laughs> like it is what it is. Right. Because I mean, I, I've I've known you obviously for a long time. Yeah. So doing the research, I was thinking like, wow, we're going to talk about something that he doesn't know, but he knows. Yeah. Like. That like and, and it's like weird. my mom telling me about like my first day in kindergarten. Uh, exactly, I, I was there, but I have no recollection. Yeah, I mean that's a good sort of but you're analogy. A, yeah, but you're a grown ass adult yeah, at that exactly, point. Exactly. There's no recollection. Yeah, but I was five. I, I sort of treat it like that, you know. 
Um, I haven't really like looked or thought too much about it, but it just sort of is what it is. And I, I mean, when people want to know what happened, I sort of just tell them what I've heard. I know, you know, what's the first then memory that comes to your mind? Like after? Yeah. After the accident. Um, vaguely UC Irvine. And okay. I was like, I was there for a month. So right. you lived there. I don't know when it she was. Had a residency for God's sake. And I, I barely rem- remember this point in the whole month I was there. For some reason, well, I remember because I had pneumonia in my lungs. So they had to do this like thing where they have to stick a tube down. Right. I've seen that. Yeah. Your, your nose. And then it makes you cough up stuff in your lungs. Clear you. So I, and, and this is, I, for some reason I thought, I thought I was getting tortured or something <laughs> in Texas, <laughs> even though I could see the angel's hat outside of my, so I vaguely remember, I remember the breathing therapy thing. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely remember like one point wearing the halo. Right. And just my head being heavy. Right. But besides, and I, there was a very, very hot nurse named Tanya <laughs> that I remember too. And she is real, my parents said. So <laughs> I have seen the pictures. It wasn't in my, it wasn't in a dream or something. That's good. Yeah, I yeah. was on some very gnarly drugs. Like, oh, I'm like, sure. Like, I'm sure Dilaudid, fentanyl, like all that. Yeah, wasn't too Tylenol. No, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. That's why I don't remember that whole month. I, you know, I was. I don't even think I did a whole lot of like, or I even had many visitors outside of my family at UCI. Me, me, I did. I, don't, I know a lot of people were there. I, I know my parents got like. Well, first of all, my I had to have a doe name because. Just like all the reporters and stuff trying to get so sure. my, my name, my dough name was pretty sick. It was pastry dough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that I went back to UCI and I, I got to get back there again. But I went like a year or two after and they were just saying they've never seen that place as crowded as when I was there. Like all friends and family all came. Oh, it was to, a circus. Yeah. It was an absolute yeah. circus. It's... It's interesting to think about that there's a month where you're not in control of your life. It, you're, you're a grown man, and it goes on to your parents to make decisions for mm-hmm. you. Yep. Right? Like, yes, we're going to do this. Yes, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that. The doctors are talking to them, and yep. you might be in this room sitting there with this giant metal halo on your head uh-huh. just kind of going, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just, I don't even know how – I know – before, they had to wait a week to do the surgery because I had like brain swelling or something. Right. Yeah. So I was out for that week, I believe. Yeah. You were a nighty night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for a lot of it, at least. And then you had the collapsed lung, the broken, uh, what, uh, broken shoulder. Yeah. Broke my collarbone. Scapula. Fractured my sc- uh, part of my skull. Fractured a hip. Broke like a bunch of lungs. Um. Yeah, two collapsed lungs. Right. Now, I've, I've been fortunate. I did some stuff with uh, neck. the city of Fullerton, yeah. which is where the accident took mm-hmm. place. Uh, I know two of the firemen that were on the scene that night, and they said there's nothing like they've ever seen. Yeah, they're, that was an awesome group. Oh. Yeah, I have the ink for them. You know that? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're an awesome group of guys. I actually, um, whenever I'm in Fullerton, I usually try and get back there and at least stop by and say hello. I mean, it's been a while, so I don't know if everyone's still right. There. Who's there? Who's not? But still, I mean, we went there. The, I think two years after the crash, and they had a, the whole, my whole family over there for dinner. They just they say they see a lot of people, you know, in that situation, but they never really get a follow up on them and see how they're doing. Sure. Um, as, as far as usually they're not as publicized. And then also the fact that I stopped by, they were like super stoked. They were taking pictures of my <laughs> tattooed arm with the crest on it. And I mean, they just, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, very often the firemen, they don't see who they've saved. Uh -huh. They go on and yep. they might be out of towners or they just don't come back. And so it's a gnarly job. Oh yeah. No. I can... I can never do that. No chance. No. I'd be running away from all that stuff. <laughs> it's in the fire, John. Uh, not running away from yeah. the fire. Yep. I mean, can you imagine that? You're going to you're gonna deal with that a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, my goodness. One of my good buddies is actually a firefighter or paramedic, and he said part of the reason he does that is because me and all that went on with my crash and stuff, so... Wow. Yeah. How, how did you handle when you are starting to come back and the memory is starting to be there for those months, two, three, four, like how are you, how are you handling all that? It was, I remember like, cause they, once I got to long beach, uh, Memorial, that's where I did like my inpatient rehab at the hospital. And that's when I like started to like come to and like sort of had some sense about me. And, um, they, they would start like, they would only at, uh, answers if I ask them. They wouldn't delve out any information unless I asked. Wow. Really? Because they didn't want to, like, overwhelm me. Sure. So I would, like, ask, like, like what happened or something. And then, like, you were in a crash. or and, and So I just feel like it was, like, I just remember bits and pieces at a time because that's, like, all I could maybe take in. But I remember realizing that it was real when I was watching the Angel game and I saw the patch for Nick on their jersey. And then that was a day, a day or two where I was like, yeah, I just was down and out. I'm like, okay, like I'm not doing in my rehab. I'm just, you know, emotionally taking drained. It all in, yeah, yeah. Because when did when do you finally, I guess either you're realizing or someone tells you you're the lone survivor. Yeah, that, I mean that was the moment when it all came together. Was it right um, there? Right there. I mean, I, I'm sure at points like some people have said. You know, maybe I asked a question, the nurse said something, but it didn't all come didn't together click. until that moment. And then I was down and out for two days, but it was really helpful having other families, how supportive and stuff they were, that just allowed me to, like, know that they were on my team and that. So then it was, and to think about the way Nick, Courtney, and Henry all, the type of people they are, I'm like... I'm giving another chance at this thing. Like it was almost like I had nothing to lose sort of, you know, I right. shouldn't be here. So that's how I was sort of dumb enough at the beginning to take that, that mindset of just being extremely lucky and grateful and that everyone was supporting me, all the other family. There wasn't any animosities that I was only, you know, everyone was calling and talking to me all the time. So I just really felt like I had everyone pulling for me. And 
even, you know, the Angels, uh, Fullerton. I didn't know Phil Nevin before um, I met him a time or two, but we've become close friends through this all because he was commentating my last college baseball game in 08. And I was the second to last out or the last out. And Phil, he was walking out of the the booth or whatever, and he saw the whole team gathered up and some guy talking and pulling out his jersey, and it was me. Just and it was like, who is that guy? Like, like he hardly even played. Like, why is he? You know. (laughs) But it was me, sort of just telling everyone to like, don't take advantage of this uniform. Wearing this uniform, it goes fast, all that stuff. And so from there, when Phil heard he came that it was me, he came right to the hospital and was hanging with my family and all that stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's got to be a hard thing to have like such a uh, like we said like a, a blank memory of it, and then people have to feed you it. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, when I saw you in June, when they when your brothers brought you out and you sat in the offshoot bullpen, and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was like 130 pounds. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I have that wonderful photo of you and Jared walking yeah. off the field after he went. And, you know, Jared's a big guy as it is, yeah. but now you look like his little teeny little I little know. brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and it was just all new at that point. Like, you know, I, was, I like, had a new body and, like, I wasn't used to my neck and all that stuff. And there's a, a bunch of people around like wanting to give you attention and stuff, but you can't really turn and like see people. So it was like, <laughs> let's talk about the neck because I've explained it to people and they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, as a, I, I explain it, maybe I'm totally off lollipop with the cover on it and you could somehow take the lollipop off the stick but the cover stays on the lollipop yeah well yeah so my actual head was removed from my spinal column but the spinal cord remained intact yeah now the stat i looked up in this 99 percent of the people do not survive yep of the five percent 50 die at or on the way to the hospital and the other five percent are quadriplegics like your stat doesn't even exist yeah i was like the first orange county internal decapitation survivor right. i can add that to my uh <laughs> is that media on your, guide or whatever is that on your linkedin <laughs> should be uh, <laughs> or your instagram uh, like or bio no it should be linkedin i could i hoard up on there sometimes <laughs> i mean um because then a year well we'll talk about so like what i mean like that whole process when they explained it to you later did oh, you, I mean, you shocked I, I never even heard of it so it was like it was just like how yeah I'm just like like, alright like whatever you say like (laughs) there's not like it's pretty like explains itself yeah but it's not like if I had told you two weeks earlier like this could happen you'd be like no that's a bad sci-fi movie that doesn't happen yeah I guess the the main time they've seen that injury before is like in hangings back in the day because that's right. how they would kill people. Right. Were you still working out? Were you still physically keeping strong? Yeah. Because they say that's the yeah. point that kept you. Yeah. I mean, it was different. I mean, right. I'm not like doing, I was more like beach, beach body stuff. Right. Like it wasn't like, 
But yeah, I was still like going to the gym and trying to stay in shape. shape that way right. I don't become like a total fat ass. No. Oh, quickly <laughs> yeah, get the coach yeah, bod. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't the coach yet. <laughs> you had, you know, had some ladies yeah, you got to show the body yeah, exactly. to. Exactly. You know, I'd be like, I'm coaching. You yeah. want to rub my Buddha belly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's, uh, then when I had the chance, it was like a year later, Jeff Miller and I for the register and we mm-hmm. do that story. And from seeing you from June of 09 and seeing you a year later, you look like a completely different person again to me. Yeah. You, you, your body was coming back. You were working out. Well, cause it was weird. I, um, so from the inpatient, uh, long, they did a great job at long beach there. Sort of. I mean, um, it was very, they pushed me as much as I could be pushed at long beach. And then I went to an outpatient rehab in orange. So I, I stayed at my folks in Marietta. Okay. And we had to, and my little brother just got out of college, had to drive me to Orange four to five days a week. My my little brother and my mom. And the height of traffic, my, from the brain injury and stuff, my vision was all messed up. I had to wear an eye patch or like a blindfold. <laughs> so I didn't get car sick. And we have to drive two hours to the... Wait, wait, you had to wear that while they were driving? No, I was in the passenger. Well, but, yeah. while they were uh-huh. driving, yeah. you're wearing this, so yeah. people are looking over thinking who's the pirate oh, or the probably, kidnapper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just... And so um, that's for like two hours on the way there in traffic, and then we'd be done at four, and then it's another like two or three hours back. And luckily, my, my brain injury, we didn't bring that up, was... I mean, it's called brain shearing, and I guess it's, like, one of the worst that you could have, too, because it's on all sides. Because it was that from yeah. the slamming uh-huh. back and forth? So, um, I was at this brain injury rehab um, in Orange. What do they do? What's the and process? Luckily, I mean, I outgrew that place quick. Luckily, I wasn't in that, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, sort of memory stuff and different things like that. Like, they and... They would read me like boring stories and tell me what happened. And I'm like, read me the sports page or something, and I'll, t- I'll recite it back to you. But uh, this stuff is boring. Like, and I was at that point where I didn't really have a filter because I was still like just lucky to be here and right. grateful, but I didn't really like mince my words a whole lot. And so, why we, do you think that was? It just came down to I, I wanted to get better. Like, I was doing everything I could to get better, and I felt like this place was sort of like, you know, there's a lot of older patients, mm-hmm. a lot of stroke patients and stuff. Yeah, you're 20 and luck- in there. And, and luckily, my brain was still there. I mean, I talked slower, and I some of the things that, you know, my vision was a little messed up, but, like, we would go on, like, different out. We went to, like, downtown Disney, and <laughs> I had to... At the beginning of my time there, they had to walk me with like a belt, like a, a leash sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And so they were, were like walking through downtown Disney and people probably recognize me because there's angel fans right there. Right. And then just like another, like we would go to like Costco. I mean, and all this stuff is good for certain people, but I just felt I was lucky enough to feel like sort of like, what am I doing here? Right. And like we went to. Costco one time and they're like give us a shopping list and they're like go find go try and find this and so I do what I do now at Costco I ask someone 
<laughs> like you can't do that. I'm like, that's what I do when I go to Costco. Is like, otherwise I'll be here yeah, for four exactly. hours. Yeah, I'm and, looking at the TV. I'm trying so to find giant then, potatoes. Then met my folks. I talked to my folks, and I mean, just all the driving back and forth. I went there for like a month, and we're just like, I just said, mom, dad, like this isn't for me, and that I'm not getting a whole lot better. They're not pushing me, and it's wasting time and you know, insurance or whatever money. Um, so we, we had to sit down with the doctors and one of the head doctors. And I told them, I'm, I'm going back home and I'm doing this on my own. And they're like, you're, he was like, you should not do this. You're crazy. And I'm like, I'll, we'll see. (laughs) And that's when I took a huge step and I took ownership of my situation. And luckily, luckily as an athlete, I knew my, knew my body and stuff, my limitations. So we just went to a, a physical rehab place uh, there in Temecula, and were, I started there. Were they more worried about your mind and not your body, and you were more worried about your body than your mind? No, well, I knew my mind was there. Okay. So it was just, you know, it was just, I was lucky enough that my, my mind was there, but they couldn't tell that. Right. So then I knew I needed to focus on, like, my body and get moving and stuff again. Right. Get yourself physically strong. Uh So then I, I started back at, uh, what was that like building your body back? Tough. Right. Like I could barely lift the bar. Like I, any of that stuff, my balance was out all out of whack. What were you weighing the night before the accident? Were you up to 200? Probably like 195. Okay. And you got down to what? Two, 120? 120, And it was just like, you know, my, I still remember after the crash, I couldn't really, I didn't really know what was going on because my right arm was always my stronger arm. Mm-hmm. But like, because my whole right side was where I was, everything was broken and whatever. I couldn't barely like lift anything. Right. So what, a, what a process that must have been to yeah. try to like work out to get back. Yeah, I mean it. So I did the little inpatient rehab there in Temecula, and they were awesome. Um, and then it came time where I moved back to the beach maybe six months later. And I was talking to Zook, and who lived in Redondo, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, come work out with me. And so I would go five days a week to Hermosa 24-hour fitness and work, work out with Zook in the off-season. And that's when I really, like, saw strides. If you talk to Zook, now he'll tell you, like, he was scared shitless when I first started. <laughs> well, sure. Um, but He's responsible for you at some yeah. point. I mean, there was different... If you, if you talk to him, he was scared shitless, but... I wouldn't, um, yeah. But that's when I... What did you I, look like? I, I mean, I went in there, you know, I was a little more skeleton-y. I, at the Were rehab, you wobbly still? Uh, maybe a little. I mean, but at the same point, yeah, I didn't look at like I felt like I was like awesome and lucky to be alive. You <laughs> yeah, know, I was right. sort of like, and and that was all. I was still all blinded by like, um, you know, feeling lucky at that point. I didn't get hit by the the severity of it all until a couple years after. Luckily, because I was dealing with my my body and my physically getting better. I couldn't, I didn't have time to deal with a whole lot else. Right. So, but, but that off season, I got 
pretty strong pretty quick with Zook. And I think he got strong too. I think he had a lot of homers, so he might need to <laughs> he might need to get back on the workout plan with me or yeah, something. Yeah, get his ass out to Marietta. Know, Let's yeah. get some jacks going. Yeah, that team needs some work. I know. Yeah. All right, and I, they're looking better as of recently. I like what they have going. Yeah, oh. but they he, I I would like to see his uh, power and average come up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough playing. Oh, he's. And I think he's starting to catch fire. The average is slowly climbing. Um, I mean, he's going to catch every third day or whatever with Stassi. He was pretty mm-hmm. legit. But he's had himself a great career. And, I mean, I still find that at the end of this year, he's probably going to have more baseball left if he wants it. Oh, sure. So. Yeah. So you guys powered through that year. Lifting. Uh, Big well, John. Well, I knew it. It was just I did his workout program. So. It was a lot of balance and a lot. I wasn't just like benching and stuff. You know, right. you'd do like a bunch of different agility, yeah, movements, and just, and lateral yeah, stuff. Yeah, and lunges and like one. A lot of leg things and, you needed. Yeah, I mean, I needed all of it, and so it was very. What was the most scariest part for you to see? Like, what got skinny? Was it like your legs or your chest or your? You, know, no, you probably I, lost I was, your butt. I, like, I, you just, I don't even. Don't even you don't because when you lose that much weight, like I don't even realize it at that point. Like you know, you're sort of I'd call it dumb or call it something else, but I was just like I didn't really have to. I didn't worry about any of that. I just worried on about getting Getting better, and I and I saw myself getting better, so I felt good about what was going on. You know. Yeah. Now you referenced uh, two years later, you kind of felt better. Was it mentally you started to feel better? Oh no, I was saying. Well, first, I was so overcome with, like, my physical stuff that I didn't really have time to, like, take in the severity and all that came along with my accident. I would say that was, like, two or three years later when I, like, really, you know, it all sort of the how heavy of an event and stuff that was that I sort of was, like, Knew that I needed to tackle that monster as well, or else it would eat me alive, you know? Right. That's that's an unbelievable part. I mean, did you feel um, a depression or a grief for a period of time? or It was, it was really weird because I just felt like something, like I felt like something was, I, it had to have been depression, but I felt like, like I could handle it at the beginning, you know? So I was like, I was, if you talk to my brothers and whatever, I'm like, okay, like something's up. I'm reading these books. I'm trying to meditate. I'm like doing whatever I, you know, I'm waking up at 2 a.m. So I get my workout in the morning, like just different stuff. But it came to a point where I was like, you know, I just had to check my ego because a lot of it I was able to like take on physically because I knew how to deal with it. But mm-hmm. the the mental or the emotional stuff, I really had no idea. You, you, you can't work harder to get through some of that. Sometimes you need to slow it all down and get some direction. So that's actually when I reached out to Ken Revisa, who uh, lived in Redondo Beach at the time. And he, and he's one who got, I mean, I respect the hell out of that guy and he got me into the mental side of baseball, which I really used and just all that, even the meditation stuff that I use to this day is was sort of his doing. So I just 
I just hit him up and and he knew exactly where I was at. He didn't say it and he's like, Hey, how would you come to my house once a week and let's just chat? And so I did that for like I don't know, almost a year. How was it? It was awesome. But he and he would he would have different people in his office with like, you know, he and I don't know if he brought these people in, but it was a military you know, someone in the military field that deals with the mental side of what right. soldiers deal with. And he would just bring these people in and just, but it wasn't like he was, he didn't make it feel like a, a, a therapy session. We were just chatting. So it wasn't a one-on-one with you and Ken. There was well, actually other. No, he would just bring those people in occasionally. Okay. Um, And I don't know if it, it was probably for my benefit, but it was also for theirs. Sure. Um, to hear but, someone else's but we story. Just, we just sort of chatted, and Ken actually helped bridge that gap for me to go, like, really talk to someone. Right. To, like, have that. He was he was my bridge, you know. I was the one that I felt comfortable with Ken, and, and he just, he got me through a year and said, like, you know, I want to go talk to someone else and just dive deeper into this thing. And so then I started attacking, tackling that part head on, which, which was way harder for than the physical. Sure. 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 How long did it take you until you felt comfortable? Um, I would say, um, probably like another two or three years after that. Okay. I mean, and it wasn't, it wasn't like I, I just had to find what worked for me mm-hmm. and uh, deal with some things that I didn't deal with. Right. Um, that I just sort of brushed under the rug at the beginning because I had to. Right. So um, so that was just more of a process than I than I thought. But Was it uh, grueling more uh, than you ever thought? Well, it was just, um, I wouldn't say, it was, it was a relief once... The main step was just realizing that, like, I... Because it was... Everyone was, like, you know, all, like... Physically, it was sort of like, oh, it was like, John John could do this because they, like, you know... Right. I was like, that's... Is that an issue, being the happy-go-lucky guy? That's the momentum I had and going. And so then when this other thing came along, and the biggest step was when I realized, like, hey... Like, maybe I can't do this one all by myself. Right. Like I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this. And you can't just outwork the mental or emotional stuff. So, right. Um, I feel like once I, once I made it a point to go see Ken, it was sort of a weight off my back because at least I had people I trust right. that were sort of my guiding light and then I could work and do whatever. There's a relationship, I, too, now. You know Ken. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it wasn't, he wasn't... I wasn't just a patient or something like that. You know, I was like, he was my coach in baseball. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, yeah. And that's, that's where I found comfort in this all is through baseball, like through the angels, through working out with Zook, you know, getting back to that feeling sort of guided me through the whole recovery process. Right. Because when, when I was with the angels and you would come out to spring train a little bit, I mean, you glue, you had this glow about you, like an eight year old boy allowed to wear a uniform uh, and go on to camp and run around. I mean, yeah. swinging the stick, hanging out, you know I mean? Yeah. You looked like, yeah. you know, like you were giddy Christmas boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was just, that was a cool experience. And oh, yeah. I mean, that staff, I mean, when you have like Don Baylor and 
Soch and Dino and all the, the Latchmans and sure. everyone they have out there and Eckstein and all the other guest instructors and then you have me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but it was it was really cool. The Angels have just been awesome to now, me and Soch and right. Tim and. Now during the whole rehab, and I think people forget about this, right? Because they look at, oh, John Wilhite, the survivor, John Wilhite, you know, he, he recovered. But during that whole process, you had to deal with a goddamn trial. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, luckily, um, that my folks went to that and stuff. Right. I didn't, I, I luckily just stayed away from that. I didn't have to get too involved, but it was definitely going on. And the, the weird thing about that is I didn't go to, I only went to one day and I went to the day where, um, our, our attorney said, okay, you come out, they're going to deliberation. Like there's not going to be a verdict probably for a couple of days. You can come out and see the other families that are there and say hi to people. And as soon as I get there, they're like, we have a verdict. And so I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so, but I think I was meant to see this because as soon as, so we get, we all go to the courtroom and you know, they're like reading all the counts of whatever and mm-hmm. the families are crying and it's like definitely an emotional moment and and then they say the guilty verdict and uh, and they say guilty of all the counts and they resort and all, so all the families are like emotional and it's not like a happy emotional. They're right. emotional just because it's sort of like another thing they have to deal with and this little that little piece of crap when he was walking out and just smirking like laughing at the family members when they're all crying right and so I I sort of think like I was meant to be there and see that that it wasn't it wasn't like a guy that made like a a, a very bad mistake it was a bad he's a bad guy right right so I think that sort of I think something wanted me there that day that to to see that and it worked yep yeah perfect timing what what process and i and i saw that you've you've spoken to some kids about driving and all that stuff are you still doing that uh, i mean i just do that here and there when people reach out and i feel like the need it's i've never been like a public speaker right, sort of right. say or like one that like enjoys speaking in front of crowds and <laughs> um but I mean, it does feel good when I'm done doing some of that stuff that maybe, I mean, just the the feedback I get after some of those events for people coming up and thanking me and just teachers saying how, like, a pen could dropped in the room, like how quiet right. and how attentive they all were. I mean, some of them have been very tough, though. They, like, stage these fat, fake accidents and right. they have, like, fake dead people on the ground and, like, hers are like hearses and stuff and then it's like jaunt and like speak and i'm like in front of yeah all these high school kids and you got ptsd starting yeah, to kick back yeah. <laughs> yeah that could be pretty emotional and so it's definitely like <laughs> one of the tougher things i've had to do on a lot of levels yeah um but i pick and choose when i do those when it makes most sense i did went back and did it um for my hometown and they have like a a uh, little wall that they have at the youth field where Henry and I grew up playing just sort of right as a reminder. 
Now, I'm not a tattoo guy. I don't have one. Me neither. But, right. But I think the ones you have are like the best, awesomest ones ever. Yeah. And I like when we did that portrait in 2010, uh-huh. like I definitely wanted to see that. So like, whose thought process was that to like, hey, Doc, would you sign my neck? Yeah, that was mine. Um, what did he say? And how do you approach a doctor? That's uh, probably. No, I didn't even ask for his permission. <laughs> I got his signature from like someone at his office and. You just um, went to the tattoo guy? And the next time I go back, I have his signature on his neck and he was taking pictures. Dr. <laughs> Body is one of the coolest. I've got to know him. Um, one of the coolest dudes. I mean, we've hung out. Like, we've gone to dinner with him and his wife um, numerous times. Like, just a fun, normal dude. You wouldn't know that he was, like, a world-class doctor. Gifted athlete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, surgeon the way he, he is. He's just, like, he could be, like, a CEO or something. Like, you just would not. He's that type of person, though. But he's just a normal guy, too. Normal, fun dude. He went, was at my wedding. Um, That's special. Yeah. That's awesome. Then you got the names on the chest, which yep. make for a great portrait. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fireman on the bicep. Yep. And I mean... Now, is there any pressure with the fireman bicep that you got to keep a strong arm? Uh, I mean, tattoo, <laughs> tattoos, you can't really get like real fat with tattoos. Yeah. So, so you got to keep so that gotta, bicep gotta going. got to stay a little bit in shape. Yeah, you got to have a gun show for the yeah, fireman. At least you can have a little bit of belly, but you got to <laughs> at least keep the arms all tight. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't embarrass the guys that no, saved you. Uh, yeah. But I felt, I felt like that one was the, uh, they were the most people that didn't get the, enough credit was the firefighters for action. Because I... Some firefighters have told me that the amount of care that they took, given the severity of the crash, like some firefighters would have just tried to like clear up the scene just because it it looked so grim Mm -hmm. at the beginning. But the the amount of care they took to get me out of that car without moving my head and all that stuff is like why I'm walking today. So that was one that I felt like very, very appropriate to get was sort of honoring them. I mean, of course, honoring Nick and Henry and sort of as a daily reminder to me to sort of give me perspective for the day. Um, I'm glad I get to see that every time I brush my teeth in the morning. Right. And the neck one, I don't really see too often. (laughs) That was for Dr. Body. And I that was the first one. And I think that was the first one. And I just was sort of joking around. And I said, well... Don't good artists sign their artwork? And then I'm like, well, I should get a tattoo, Dr. Body's tattoo on my neck. So that's how that one worked out. Boom. Done. John, I cannot uh, be more happy that I get to have this time and we get to do this podcast and you got to chat and you had the availability and you look great. You're married. You got a kid. Yeah. You know, Father's Day, two timer now. Yeah. What's the future hold for you? Um, just sort of enjoying not being in COVID lockdown. We were on some serious <laughs> lockdown, um, my wife and I, um, in Knox for, I mean, up until like last month. And I, it's been tough. Like I've had to miss some weddings that I was in and different stuff. Right. Just cause you know, it's different when you have a family and it was, right. and Knox was a preemie. And so there was just a lot of unknowns and it. It sucks that I had to, to do some of that, but we're enjoying being a little more free. Um, and hopefully, uh, a lot more baseball games and taking Knox to Titan games and angel games. And, 
Um, just enjoying uh, and just enjoying being back around friends and stuff more. Where's John in ten years? Uh, I I mean I got a good gig with work, so I'm I'm still there and I'm still I'm not I'm not planning on moving a whole lot. I'm probably doing some coaching of as far as Knox um, being uh, playing baseball or whatever sports he wants to do or wherever life takes him. I just want to be uh, the best dad I could be. Um, um, no pressure here, but will Knox have any siblings soon? Um, talk to his mom. <laughs> 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 Takes two to yeah, tango, no, John. That's all I know. I talked to his mom. I don't. I'm not in charge of that decision. Um, but yeah, um, I'm looking forward. I think hopefully Knox has a little more uh, raw raw ability uh, ability than I had. He's a he's a gamer and a hard worker. I could already tell. How's his feet? Can they move? They got good feet. He just started walking like a week and a half ago, so he was a little late to the walking game. But he's he's charging pretty good okay. right now. So all right. That might, that might have been a minus on the John Wilhite oh, yeah. uh, chart of feet. Yeah, but he's got the hand eye. Okay. I, I, I'm more worried about the arm than feet. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a runner. I just hope he has a little bit. Of, but I am a little concerned. He is throwing lefty right now occasionally. Okay. So, no, but I, we're not really... I want him to catch. Will Heights <laughs> aren't normally pitchers, so. Hey, I things can change, John. Yeah, things can change. Know. You know, get him a little nasty. Have him sit down with Ricky. Yeah. Or sorry, one of those guys. Yeah. Get him get some, some lefties dropping out uh, curve from 12 6. Uh, Ricky had fine. one the best. Yeah, absolutely. John, you're the best. I can't appreciate you more. Thank you for the time. No, that was fun. Thanks right. for having me. Anytime, my man. It's good See seeing you. you. Thank you for listening to my conversation with John Wilhite. Please click the like button if you enjoyed it. Also subscribe. You can always find all our shows on the website, justagoodconversation.com. 